0: Hey, you ever listen to stock radio? Ever listen to stock radio
1: on we Now everything you've heard is why I, am the actual owner of the Alaska Cannabis Club, will be dedicating all of my energy towards fighting for freedom and fairness, which begins with legalizing marijuana here in Alaska. Yes. And as for this job, well,
2: fuck it, I quit. You Wise man once said, If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. I don't need your love. No
1: love. I've been through too much. Too much. Been doing too much. Things too, too big. Too big. I think too small. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta yeah, move yeah. on. Build this shit on my own. With yeah. my heart on my arm. Yeah. We've been struggling too long. I deserve this shit. Yeah, I earn this shit. Say that, say this, fuck it, I quit, fuck it, I quit, I, quit. I, quit. I, quit. I quit. off like this, me, well, I know I'm this bitch, I don't need your love.
3: Once is the first episode right now of Pop Stock Radio. I am the host, Eric Butts, welcoming my buddies KD, what's going on, and Nick to Pop Stock Radio. How are you tonight, guys?
0: I'm great.
3: Very good myself because we've got an action-packed show tonight. For people who have been listening for a while, we've got one of my favorite guests ever that we're ending the show with, Charlo Green. You know her as the "fuck it, I quit" girl. Who, live on TV, a person who had—this is what I respect about this girl. You know, everyone now says, ah, she didn't really care about her job. She just quit her job. She doesn't have her priority straight. This is someone who, at 26 years old, got to a job that most people would be their dream job they would have fought to get to until they were 50 or 60 years old. She believed in something. It was the cause of cannabis being legal in Alaska. And they made her make a decision. And she had the biggest balls of anyone I've ever met. Because most people, when they get that dream job, they'll do anything to hang on to it no matter what. And she went, I don't care. Fuck it. I quit. I'm out. I'm going with what I believe in. She had faith in her beliefs, and to me, someone who gives up everything for faith is my idol. So it drives me crazy when everyone says she didn't respect her job, she didn't care. So we'll have Charlo on to update what's been going on in her life since uh,
0: the Weed Queen. Yeah, yeah,
3: the Weed Queen. But man, it got legalized. She worked her butt off to get it passed. The the you know ballot too. And it happened, and since then, now she's in, what I see is,
2: shit deep in motor. yeah,
3: possibly 54 years in prison from someone who was just trying to get the word out about something that's been, by the way, legal medically in Alaska since 1998, and now she's possibly going to jail for trying to... Just help people get access to it. So we're going to have Charlotte to end the show, but we're starting off with Kelly Brown from Marijuana Infographics. If you're dabbling in the marijuana industry or you're a CEO of a larger cannabis-related company that's trying to brand yourself, get the word out about what you do uh, in cannabis, Kelly Brown is the person who can help you do it. She understands the industry. She's a marketing and branding expert. She can help you with website design, uh, anything cannabis-related. Even social networking, she can help you get the image you want out there, which is so important if you're trying to get into cannabis because most people are going to see you as not serious unless you can show them online that you're serious. So we're going to talk to Kel to start the show off. Then we've got Max Abbott. He is the uh, vision behind Emblem Cannabis, and a very interesting guy. Talked to him, started out as a lawyer, had a vision to get into cannabis and change or be a part of uh, distribution of legal medical cannabis in Canada. And the company started off as an IPO late in 2016, has an interesting story. Looking forward to you hearing him tell it on Potstock Radio. So we got Kelly coming on in about 10 minutes. So up to that, uh, the one thing I wanted to talk about was in the news, Snoop Dogg. This is something that could be huge. Snoop Dogg is really one of the people who has made cannabis seem, uh, I guess, just a little more standard or or not such a a, – unknown thing since i've been a kid like although snoop is the prototypical stoner like he's what everyone says if you smoke pot all the time you'll become this but since he had that image he's become business person he's become grammy winner he's become entrepreneur ceo now and now possibly uh starting his own cannabis fund snoop is a part of putting together $25 million towards legal cannabis. He's going to invest in companies and people that are on the cutting edge of cannabis. So to me, there's nothing more legitimate than, all right, now Snoop, the person that everyone said, don't smoke pot because you're going to become a loser if you smoke pot. And he's proven that not only does he indulge, but probably overindulges, doesn't really have a great relationship with it overuses it but still has become a super successful multimillionaire to where he can take a part of his money and, and, and come up with $25 million to invest back into businesses he believes in. So now anyone who looked at Snoop as stoner now has to relook at Snoop and cannabis if you're being honest with yourself about why you were against it. So what do you guys think there?
0: What are your thoughts on? Weeds creating jobs, and you gotta love it. It is.
3: It's creating jobs.
0: It's creating its own little economy. Yeah, it's economy, and you know, it's paying good. You know what I mean? It's gonna. I mean, you can be a grower, bud tender, out there in dispensaries in the legal states, obviously.
3: I like that you can get involved in any way you want to. You know, you could be Kelly Brown that we're going to talk to a little bit later who just sees a space that's needed with creating marketing for cannabis. You got some people who just want to be like you're saying, a bud tender. They just want to be able to to show their wisdom and explain to people why they should use this sativa on Monday at 3 o'clock compared to this indica at – Sunday. At... Yeah, the
0: flavor strains.
3: Yeah, and all that. so there's that. Then there's people who just want to get the word out. People who just want everyone to know this isn't the bad thing that videos back in the 50s made
2: people. Yeah, it's think. real medicine. I feel that uh, Snoop Dogg is definitely like a top five person who should have the opportunity to do it. Like, if anyone's going to take that opportunity and succeed, it's going to be Snoop Dogg, you know? Yeah. Maybe there's a couple other people, Tommy Chong, Bob Marley, if he was around. Like, those are the names. Well, those are the people who... Well, those are the names that every household just... Identifies. ...in the world identifies to... You just hit three to four people, dude.
3: You just hit three to four. The only person you're missing, and they're all my Mount Rushmore of people that it would make my life to be able to partake with, Willie Nelson. Those yeah, three really people not. and Willie Nelson you are, are like George Washington. In there, too. <laughs> you probably do have to throw George Washington. Although he never got to like, there's nothing on record, much on record, except him growing hemp. It's known yeah, that he, he was grew probably hemp
2: on some type of Snapchat back. Then. <laughs> I, would not, I would not be surprised. I would not like be surprised. Grown. Yep, yep. That you could imagine,
3: uh, the dude who knew how to grow cherry trees probably also grew some pretty decent cannabis. Although they used it back then for everything, not like. Uh,
0: yeah, they actually extracted the oils too back in the day. Yep. But yep. I've seen you know pictures.
3: I know. Yeah, I mean, pic- I think
0: uh, that's definitely a good news. Little bottles.
3: Of- Me too, man. I I hope it works out. Here's what I hope: I hope that Snoop goes into this with his eyes open. I hope he realizes that just because pot works and everybody buys pot doesn't mean that the companies that you invest in are going to succeed because if the companies aren't set up right, if they don't have the right structure, if they don't have the right management, then it's not always like, well, look, as long as they're doing something pot-related, they're going to win. We've seen – I've seen so many companies that look like they have it all together fall apart, so I hope Snoop gets the right people involved to help him make the right decisions so that in five years – It's not this bubble that, you know, I I live in a mortgage world of like bad loans, of bad funds, you know, all these cannabis funds, because it's not just Snoop. There's a lot of people that are coming out with, including my dad's company. My dad's a venture capitalist out in California. His venture firm is coming out with a cannabis fund. And, and there's they're so like,
0: many, there's so many products too. Is there going to be a specific edible or a specific strain? Uh, of I can cannabis. It, I, can't, you know?
3: I, can't, I, I can't say what my dad's fund is, but they're, they're looking at a certain part of the market. But all I'm saying is in five years, these funds are either going to be looked at as, wow, if you got into that early, you now got into Apple before the yeah. iPhone came Every, out. Or it could a billion be. a
0: billion-dollar
2: industry, man. Or Everybody But listen, that, see, what
3: you guys are saying is what new investors in the pot stock world have to realize isn't always the case because you just go, oh, they've got a great ticker. Uh, their name is this. Everyone – that that, that company has got to succeed, but – companies don't succeed just because they're in the right industry. They have to be the right company and the right people running the right company in the right industry. So that's why I just hope we don't look back at people like Snoop in five years and go, wow, the guy lost $25 million because it wasn't invested right, which would then make cannabis look bad, even though it might just be bad investments in cannabis. So that's what I really worry about. That's what I hope doesn't happen. But. Right now, I love Snoop's name being involved in cannabis and not his boss got pulled over and he had some. But, no, no, this guy who's made millions is going to make more. So so here's my uh, question to you guys. When it's all said and done, will you be surprised if Snoop has made more money from cannabis than he's made from music?
0: That's a big risk, but – like I said, it's a billion-dollar industry. You know, he's made millions and millions from music and entertainment. Right. right, You know, so it's only going to help. You know what I mean, I think so. I won't even be surprised.
2: I definitely think it's uh, definitely a, a risky move, but I think it's... It's a good
0: risk. He could quadruple that $25 million for all we know, you know. Forget about quadruple. When you invest
3: you know, in companies, yeah. the right companies, you don't invest in them unless you know they're going to increase times 10. Unless you really believe they're going to increase times 10, you don't put a penny in them.
0: So if he's well, just right. Also, is going to be all liquid cash, you know, after, you know, because you can't put it back in a bank, a federal bank.
3: No, Phil, that's not how it works when you invest in companies.
0: No? No, no. Uh, no.
3: Well, you know. I got some stuff to teach you guys over time. By the time uh, in a year from now. 25 mil is a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but it's not in a fund world. In the fund world, that's a little fund, but it's enough with Snoop's name attached to it that it could either uh, be something huge that helps the legitimacy of the industry or something we look back at in five years and it could be a little bit of an eyesore. If he doesn't do it right and it
2: goes south before we go to the next question go ahead. Uh, if uh, I want everyone to go to Facebook and follow our new Facebook page yeah facebook.com backslash popstock radio uh, NJ for New Jersey
3: yeah get us New Jersey page young we already got like 2,000 people on our popstock radio
2: page so but this let's is get actually a page for us you can contact us we'll be uh, promoting ourselves from that page yep so we Keep you guys up to date with us, and you can give us any feedback, or really could uh, reach out to us for anything. So
3: awesome! And Kenny, real quick, because we've got Kelly from Marijuana Infographics on hold. You got to you write down any awesome events if someone if someone's got a couple of days off, or do you want to go to that later on in the show?
0: We'll go on later on. Got All a right. couple events. You I'm, know, gonna go I'm gonna come back.
3: I'm gonna come back. Yeah, I'm gonna come back to Kenny as the guy where if you had a couple of days off work. And you could go anywhere to get involved in the fun of cannabis. Where would you go? So we'll go back to Kenny later on in the show for that. Before uh, we wait any longer or make her wait any longer, let's bring on one of my favorite people in the industry. We go way back. You may know her as Kelly Brown from MarijuanaInfographics.com. What's going on, Kel? Welcome back to Stock Radio. Hey, Eric. Hey, How's Eric.
4: It going? How's it going?
3: Very good. How about you, Kel? I'm
4: doing well. I'm
3: doing well. Awesome. So I was pumping you up a little bit uh, before you came on. I don't know if you heard, but I think you are a genius because you found what I see as a niche. You found your way to break into an industry and in a way that I see is needed more than most because I think anyone who's looking to get involved in cannabis – needs to have a good presence online. Do you agree with me?
4: I totally agree. It's really kind of a funny it. story of how I got into uh, the industry. For people who don't know, I was a school teacher for a long time. I actually taught elementary school. And then uh, back in early 2014, when Colorado started ramping up and pot stocks started getting hot, I started trading some stocks, got on Twitter i uh, friended some people and started making a few little graphics just to, you know, talk about the stocks that I liked and other people liked. And companies picked up on it and said, hey, can you do this for us? And I said, sure. And eventually it became enough so I could quit teaching and do graphic design full time, which works out pretty right, well so because I think most adults have about the same attention span as a first grader, give or take. <laughs>
3: Exactly. You've you, you got the right people to start with. So so let me ask you this. Knowing that you went from school teacher, which I've I got to be honest, I didn't know that, Kel. So you went from school no. teacher to get involved in any way in cannabis. What was the biggest hurdle you came to? Who was the person who told you you were crazy that uh, was a hard
4: – Well, I didn't tell my parents for a while what I was doing. <laughs> Um, of course, and now they're my my biggest fans, so it it's great but yeah. uh I live mm-hmm. in in Tennessee, so it is the South, and if there's a stigma about cannabis anywhere, it is alive and well in the south, so uh, I still don't you know tell everybody I meet what I do right off the bat um, but eventually, I do, and now I really don't have an issue with it, but yeah, I think just uh being a mom and being a former teacher. There were a lot of people who kind of would turn their nose up at, you know, you're doing what in the cannabis industry?
2: Exactly. Well, I see that you were just ranked in the uh, top ten as well. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It's you, Cal, getting ranked.
3: (laughs) Well, thank you.
4: Yeah, I really enjoy what I do. I still feel like I'm teaching in a way. I still have a huge passion for education and teaching except now I'm teaching people about cannabis or, you know, what this company grow lights do or, you know, medical uh, benefits of edibles versus other things. So I'm still, you know, sharing information and making it fun and enjoyable, and I love doing
2: that. What part of cannabis is your favorite thing to teach about? Like, uh, growing. <laughs> ways to ingest yeah. uh, what is what do you per, prefer to teach people about?
4: Yeah, usually um, kind of just the overall general medical benefits or just, you know, general of all the different ailments and conditions that cannabis can, you know, help with. Because um, a lot of people just don't realize the huge amount, you know, of medical benefit. Most people can know, okay, it helps with chronic pain or it helps with nausea. But they don't think about there's also studies that show that it helps with diabetes or with ADHD or depression so just to I got to you know, be honest with, with you know, verify that yeah
3: I got to be honest with you I didn't even really understand like I saw your company marijuana infographics and I'm like oh Kelly's doing branding and graphics and then I'm like wait what's an infographic and then I start to look mm-hmm. and I'm like ah I not only get it but see how important it is in the cannabis industry because I'm, as I'm on your site looking at the infographics, it's like that's what you need to be able to get out to people, like something that makes them start to get interested in seeing the difference of what you know or didn't know about the endocannabinoid system. And as you start looking at those infographics, it, it kind of puts you into a rabbit hole of information. Is that the point of an infographic?
4: It, well, sort of. I mean, it grabs your attention, and it makes okay. you stop. They're like, hey, I want to read that. I want to look at it, versus if it was just an article, you know, the bunch of text. We all see that all the time. We're inundated with text, and so we kind of pass over it pretty quickly. But when you see something really visual catches your eye, a good headline, it makes you stop and read it. And in today's you know technology, to get somebody to stop and actually read something is, is pretty important.
3: I've got the perfect example. I'm looking at one of your infographics now. The seven best strains for every Star Wars fan. And you <laughs> actually gave them legit strains related to Star Wars <laughs> in order ranking them is the why you should try the Death Star OG first and probably the Ewok last. And it's like that's the kind of thing that cannabis companies need to hook people, get them interested, and then bring them to a place, like a website that you help people design. So so I love the infographics. Didn't really understand them, but now that I do, I'm like, all right, I love your creative mind and the cool things you've come up with. So,
4: Thank you. Thank you.
3: All right, so... I'm looking at some of your clients, so tell us about Dope Magazine. That looks like uh, someone pretty important for you to be a part of. How did you make that happen, and what do you do for them?
4: Yeah, I uh, made some infographics uh, for them that have been in their magazines. Um, Again, just kind of, you know, give me a topic, and I run with it. Um, I have a a lot of different clients kind of all over. Like I said, I'm in Tennessee, so really nothing happens here. So most of my clients are either in Oregon, Washington, Colorado. Um, I have clients up the East Coast, Washington, D.C. area. I have a client up there um, called Mycanics, and what they do is they help people get their medical cards. So they walk you through the process, kind of hold your hand through it. So I I do work for them with their website and social media graphics and things like that. So we do a little bit of everything between website design and social media graphics, postcards, business cards. Everybody in this industry is pretty much a startup, so everybody needs logos and websites and business cards, and that's what I do. So
3: I'm looking at your clients, very impressive list, including Dope Magazine, Can of Funder, The Glue Network, who I love, The Glue Network, Sig. Now here's one that I don't know much about, but it's very interesting. Hashtag Illegally Healed. Tell yeah, us who they yeah. are do
4: for them. They have a huge. They have a huge Facebook presence. They are actually a nonprofit, and they just—they are amazing. They put out tons of stories, real people, you know, real patients, and show what cannabis has done for them. And a lot of times it'll be children, um, cancer patients, things like that. So they're just a big voice, especially on Facebook, uh, just promoting, you know, the medical uses for cannabis and how it has really. Healed and helps people.
3: Wow, I'm checking them out on Facebook now. Pretty cool. So yeah. that's really what they're about—is just getting the word out that people are being healed by something that we're still trying to say is, is illegal and bad.
4: Right, right. And they they've done some amazing graphics too. You know, to show a little child, and you know, this is the face of medical marijuana. You know, and, and I love doing work like that when you really put a human face on it because we can all talk about marijuana or cannabis and you think hippies and tie dye. But it's not. You know, it's real people just like me, just like other people who who it's medicine.
3: Yeah, as we know, it's veterans coming back with PTSD. Mm -hmm. It's people recovering or or trying to get through chemotherapy after cancer. It's it's not people who are just sitting back, all of them looking to just get stoned. So I right. love that sure. there's people like you that can kind of put a different – that's what I think you're doing when I look at the infographics. You're able to put a different spin on something that everyone's just trying to put the negative spin out there, and there's people like you that are going, hey, why don't you maybe look at it this way? And mm-hmm. I think that's more than people realize.
4: Absolutely. Right. I think about – I've been back to this story of my parents, and, and they've never – ever, you know, had anything to do with marijuana growing up. They just, they're not against it. They just never tried it, ever. And uh, so they were quite hesitant about what I was doing for a while. But I now have them fully convinced, you know, that it is medicine and it really helps a lot of people. And they've even seen their own friends now. Um, They've been able to talk to them about it and tell them what I do and realize that some of their friends are medical patients. So it's really been an eye-opener for them as well.
3: Were you shocked that your parents were open to it? Did you think that they were just going to, like, consider you a stripper <laughs> because, you, I mean, well, because you got into I knew,
4: cameras? <laughs> I knew my mother wasn't going to put it on the Christmas cards just yet. <laughs> right,
2: right, But,
4: uh, you know, eventually uh, one night she text, my mother texted me. She said, oh, CNN is about to do a special on marijuana. So I mean, she's really gotten into the whole you know, the industry and realizing how large an industry it is. And my parents are entrepreneurs, and so they really appreciate the business aspect of it and how how huge this industry is and how big it's going to get.
3: And now what about, I mean, you're a a parent, a former teacher. What about your teacher friends? Were any any of them on board, and did most of them tell you you were crazy when you told them you were (laughs) quitting teaching to uh, get involved in cannabis?
4: I, I waited till I had quit teaching, until and then I told them, because I was worried, you know, if I, if I said it while I was still teaching, that you know, may be a problem. Uh, so, yeah, after I, I didn't tell all of them, but for the ones I have told, they've been very supportive. And it's just becoming more and more talked about and normalized here, even though, it's, like I said, it's the South, and it's slowly coming this way. But it's it. sure. it's getting more support, and people don't look at me like I'm crazy. You know, I have children, and they play with the neighbor kids, and and you know, I worry. I'm like, I don't. If they find out I'm involved in the cannabis industry, they're going to think, you know, I'm a bad mom. But no, I don't worry about that anymore. You know, I I tell them, and, and they're good with it.
3: Yeah, you know, if they do, it's on them, not on you. Like, if someone finds out you make graphics, you know, like, think about it. You're not growing in your basement. You make graphics for people in the marijuana industry. If they have a problem with you, they just have a problem. So,
4: all right, we are talking to Kelly Brown.
3: Check her out, MarijuanaInfographics.com. So, Kel. Back to, uh, you said, started in 2014, and I was a part of that green rush with Mm you.
4: So tell me how things Mm -hmm. have
3: changed since 2014 in the cannabis industry and in your life personally. I mean, we already know a little bit. You've gone from uh, being a a trader and a teacher to being a CEO of a company, but how have you seen things change in the industry?
4: Yeah, it's really starting to grow up a little bit, you know, I – in 2014, at least to me, it was, it was pretty much all brand new, and everything was kind of so dispersed. It, it's becoming more connected now. It is consolidating yeah. a little bit. Uh, you know, I think companies are becoming a lot more solidified in their branding. It, it's very much moving away from the you know hippies and tie dye into the you know really professional looking logos and in the branding. Um, it's just becoming a higher class and a higher quality and that's what's making certain brands stand out and others kind of fall by the wayside
3: and now what parts of the industry have you seen the most growth in recently? Uh, Accessories like vaporizers and dab rigs? Is it uh, actual uh, facilities that are growing? Is it companies that are still trying to help people get their licenses and get from seed to sale? Where have you seen the most growth over the last 12 to 18 months?
4: Yeah, for me, uh, I see I see more growth really in the edibles and concentrate market. Okay, you know, that. Got it. And still, you know, I, I work with people who, who certainly dispensaries, you know, who sell the flour. But yeah, I I've seen a lot of growth in, in like I say, concentrates and edibles and those kind of things. Also ancillary products. But to me, honestly, I've I've things like vaporizers. I've not done as much work for vaporizer companies in the last year than I did in the first year or two.
0: Makes sense. That that has
4: some to do with regulation. I know there's been some, you know, FDA regulation with the tobacco vaporizers, but I don't know if that's affecting it or not.
2: Would you say that in the last year between the edibles and the concentrates, the concentrates have kind of maybe been a little bit more ahead than the edibles?
4: Yes, I would say so.
2: Okay, yeah, because, I mean, just coming from New Jersey where we're at, it kind of just seems like we're watching all the other states that are becoming medically legal and recreationally legal. New Jersey has a stricter medical programs where we don't offer um, – as many concentrates as other states do. So we're kind of just watching concentrates take over other states while we're only being offered quality flowers. So. Now,
3: I could see in your world, in your world, docal, the edibles in branding needing the most of your attention because if people are making stuff, now it's not just the quality of the strain you're using, but it's really the end product you're creating. What's the craziest... Edible product you've seen,
4: Ooh, um I talked with a company that does uh kind of spreadable edible stuff almost like ketchup packets okay. you know um, which is think of ketchup packet size, but with different things It may be like a, a chocolate spread you know or a strawberry spread and, and which I think is a cool concept and uh, I think... it, it's hard for me too because I am removed from the market, so I don't get to put my hands on it you know, touch it and see these products as much as other people do.
3: So the only problem uh see I always think of the problems. If you make things in tiny packages like ketchup packets, condiment style, they're going to be so easy for people to grab a handful of them, put them in their pocket, that uh, I think they have to figure something out. I love the idea of it. I just always think of the net. like, all right, who's going to mess this up? The people who put 20 ketchup packets in in their pockets every time they go get one burger.
4: So tiny. I mean, I've worked on these labels for teeny tiny little oil bottles or – you know, concentrate models, and it's all so miniature. It's, it's odd. Have you
3: almost. seen anyone? Have you seen anyone trying to create like the ultimate edible? This thing that's you know, twenty-four karat gold uh, <laughs> plate. You know, any, anything ridiculous that you're like, that's going to sell to three people uh, to a <laughs> celebrity.
4: No, no, I haven't seen anything like that. Now, I've done work with some chocolates that are like 420 you know, milligrams, crazy, yeah. you know, amount of, of stuff in it. But uh, no, oh, yeah. another thing that I do is I've done some infographics for political campaigns. Uh, I did an infographic okay. for the state state of Montana back right before the election. They on their ballot, they had a measure, you know, to pass uh, medical marijuana, and so there's an organization in Montana that contacted me wanted to make an infographic to help, you know, push the message forward. And I did that and and it was successful and they they voted it yes. So I've also uh, did an infographic last month for Florida because they're working on, you know, sorting out their medical laws down there. And they're trying to get edibles included. And so this was a graphic about why edibles should be included in a medical marijuana you know, bill or law. So I like doing those too. The political yeah. and the graphics.
3: Those are fun. And they make sense because political graphics. You need to get someone seeing things differently to change their mind in politics. So mm-hmm. I, I I love the idea of that. What if someone approached you from the no side? What if someone comes to you and says, look, you know marijuana better than anybody. Uh, I'm in the state of, uh, just make up a state, Maryland, and I'm on the no side. Help me make graphics to prove to people why pot is bad. You'd probably be just as good at that as, look at me. I'm full of them, Kel. I
4: know. Um, know. If they had supporting facts and supporting documentation and studies, I would do it. But I mean, I'm I like not it. just going to put bull crap, you know, on, on a graphic. Right. It has to have sources and, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with hearing both sides of an argument. But no. you got to back it up.
3: As long as they don't say, look, make this logo and then play Reefer Madness for everybody to remind yeah. them why <laughs> people are going to jump off buildings at Facebook Pod. Right. All right so and that's
4: why what, I love my job because I feel like I'm actually making a little bit of a difference. You know, then maybe these, these visuals and these graphics, they help somebody somewhere understand the benefit well, of Canvas,
3: and I've done my job. Do you know why they do? And I had a guy named Mike Whiter on before. So if you're from the Philadelphia area, Mike Whiter's awesome. He was just the cover of High Times. He, he was on High Times? Shut the hell up. Cover Mike Whiter time. was the cover High All right, yep. so you should notice guy, Cal, because he does what you do but on the photography side. So Mike Whiter makes these – Incredible pictures of veterans and shows why they should have the option of cannabis over uh, pills, opiates, like Mm -hmm. one where there's a revolver open where someone's putting opiates in the revolver instead of bullets, things like Mm -hmm. that. And he said it best is that you could put the best article out that has 10,000 words in it that are all great about why pot is good but it won't get the message across anywhere near what one picture will that people can't ignore in their mind. You can't look at that picture of a gun and not go, oh, maybe there is a better option. So I love graphics mm. over words.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, he's 100% right. And, and also on the business side of it, graphics, visuals, they drive traffic. They get you better engagement. They get shared way more than any post with just text. So right. from a business standpoint, visuals and graphics are key, you know, to getting that traffic yeah. that you want.
3: That's what people share. Yep. Yeah, nobody says, like, oh,
4: this text message went viral. No, <laughs> you know,
3: videos no, exactly. and pictures and graphics. All right, so now if you could put yourself in a time machine, put ourselves two years into the future, and Kelly has accomplished exactly what she hoped to with Marijuana Infographics, where will you be in two years?
4: That's tough. Uh, I've really kind of settled into a good work-life balance recently, and I'm enjoying it. Um, I've created these kind of brand packages, which are really nice, where I'll already have the domain a logo, a skeleton website set up, the social media accounts all set up. And so somebody is looking, you know, to get into the industry and they don't already have an idea for their brand. Super simple. Okay. You know, here it is all huh. done for you. So I love doing brands and logos and websites. That's kind of my favorite thing to do. And, and if I just did that and didn't do another postcard or business card, that would be okay.
3: All right, and now if you could get a message out to everyone who's in or getting involved in the cannabis industry from a business side, what would your best advice be to them? What can they not uh, miss paying attention to when they're branding themselves in the cannabis space?
4: You know, I'll be honest, and this is a, a mistake that I made personally with my brand, and this may change. My brand is Marijuana Infographics. My website is Marijuana yep. Infographics. So I have an extremely hard time advertising Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. you know they all shut it down because it says marijuana. So right. if I was going to start it over again, I probably would not use the word marijuana or cannabis in my name. And, right, it's much you in. Know, and, you know,
3: <laughs> I get it.
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah, but just it's hard. Less- I think Facebook will change and Twitter will change. It will all come around, but it has made getting there harder. Remember
3: Remember my old story you know about me. I started a fantasy football company, and I called it Suicide Fantasy Football just because it combined the suicide pool and fantasy sports. And then all of a sudden that word suicide being attached to the name, even though that wasn't what it had anything Mm -hmm. to do with everything Mm -hmm. so hard and I'm with you if I could go back in time as much as that name was great when I created it it would be nothing to do with the word suicide just like yours would have nothing to do with the word marijuana you live and you learn that's
4: right so yeah if you want to make your life a little easier choose a name that doesn't
2: have that in it
3: and what everyone should respect about Kelly Brown more than anything is when I ask her what what mistake people should make, she doesn't point out what other people did. She points to herself and goes, here's a mistake that I made that I now help people not make because of my experience of a mistake. So you're awesome. Most people would have thought of a mistake that other people made instead of going, look, here's what <laughs> I did that I teach people not to do now. So that That's is right. why you are <laughs> Yep. Mm, All right, and the people who are listening right now, they should go to MarijuanaInfographics.com. She really does put out some awesome articles, and all you got to do is go to the bottom of the page, and you can just put in your email address and sign up to receive just one time a week. She doesn't spam you. One time a week, she sends you out good news, good ideas, some discounts and uh, things you need to know if you're involved in the space of cannabis. All right, so now our next month guest is someone that you do business or that you've been involved with, Tom Quigley. Tell us a little bit about your experience with Tom and what you know about the Glue Network.
4: Yeah, Tom is awesome. I worked with them, gosh, I guess it's been a little over a year ago, maybe longer, before the Glue launched, and they needed an infographic to kind of explain what it is and the process. Uh, And it's not, you know, as as cut and dry as it seems. So I made them a really cool infographic that they ended up using at a show as a retractable banner. So I've got a picture on my website of Tom uh, standing next to the banner at at a trade show. And so, yeah, I made them an, an infographic for the glue and really enjoyed working with them through the process.
3: So people who don't know what the glue is, glue is an investment network, uh, call it more like an angel network for the cannabis industry. And it's run by a guy named Tom Quigley. He's going to be on next month's show. Tom is awesome. He's got more energy and the most positive attitude (laughs) in the world. And he's a guy who just busted his ass to get to where he's at. No one gave him anything. No one gave him any free breaks. He just believed in what he believed in and kept busting his butt until he got to a point where now people listen to him. So I love Tom Quigley and uh, the Glue Network. And if you're trying to get involved in cannabis, you've got a really good business plan. You've got a really good uh, background in business, and you're looking for someone to mentor you. If you can get Tom to pay attention to you, you should. So he's next month's guest. And love when I have this month's guest who also knows next month's guest, Cal. All right, so now let's (laughs) reminisce a little bit. So now let's reminisce a little bit. We've talked about 2014, us knowing each other. Now, when we knew each other, that was when I had started PopStock Radio as just some stupid idea that I thought I could do something with, and you were known as one of the most famous traders in the cannabis space. You were known as Hemptress, H-E-M-P-T-R-E-S. So for people who are now listening to a girl who was a school teacher who seemed like the most innocent <laughs> sweet, uh, sweetheart from Southern Tennessee, how did you become Hemptress, the trader? <laughs> and what did you learn from uh, the green Russia, 2014?
4: Whew, that was, that was a good time. <laughs> mm,
3: uh, yeah, it was.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I learned a lot. <laughs> I enjoyed trading and just had a, had a really good time trading Then Made a lot of money, lost a lot of money, decided I wasn't going to yeah. trade anymore after a while. Right. But, yeah, I got the name. I picked the name Hentress. I had never even been on Twitter, okay? And I started trading huh. some of the pot stocks. And I was like, okay, I realized Twitter was a great place for quick information on these penny stocks and hot stocks. So I, I was like, I'm going to create, you know, a, a nice profile and, hemp, the the stock hemp with the ticker H-E-M-P, was one of the first stocks that I made a decent amount of money on. So I thought, you know, what's something I could, a name I could come up with that had to do with that? And I thought Hemptress was cute and catchy. And it was. It worked. And uh, yeah, I was able to to make some good friends on Twitter. And and, uh, that was that.
3: And do you agree with me? There was no cooler part. Of that time than the pay of pay it back, the donating that we all did. That to me, man, was something so powerful. I I didn't know whether we were all making money because we were doing great things with it, or we were just doing great things with things because we were all making money. But everybody just putting up a different charity and then going, "Hey, anyone who did well this week, donate to this charity," and then you see that charity get like five thousand dollars from people who just had. Good weeks, good green weeks in trading pot stocks that we Absolutely. all loved. And then, yeah.
4: <laughs> then it was, so there was you, the little girl with cancer, Riley, for real. Uh, I think we all donated about. to her. So, yeah, that was very powerful.
3: By the way, it was I still great talk to Riley. It feel Riley. like you
4: could help other people.
3: Yeah, still talk to Riley and her mom, Jen. Uh, And Riley is doing well right now. So Jen and Riley, if you're listening, really think about Riley all the time. She is one of the sweetest little girls in the world and uh, glad to see she is right now doing great. Never out of the out of the uh, dark, but she is right now doing great. So Oh, good. Kel, I th- good. think we have covered it, but uh let me just give you a, a couple of minutes where it, it's all you. What do you want to say to people who are listening about marijuana infographics and the industry as a whole?
4: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on, Eric. Um I really yeah. have a good time doing what I do every day. I love going to work. I haven't, I haven't had a six-day now in a couple of years because I love getting up and, and doing what I do. Uh, it's, I, feel, I feel like I help people in some way and also help businesses who may have a complicated product or a not well-received product and help them get their message out there. So it's nice you really can help somebody get it out of their head and onto the paper of what they are envisioning for their products. And to see it succeed is a really rewarding feeling for myself and, And the consumer. So I love what I do. And if you need any sort of graphic design, check me out, MarijuanaInfographics.com.
3: All right, check her out on Twitter. She's still at H-E-M-P-T-R-E-S, although you'll see that's Marijuana Infographics. And like she said, her website, MarijuanaInfographics.com. First thing you should do, scroll all the way to the bottom, put in your email address, and join her mailing list. She really does give you good information. Kel, we look forward to having you back on in, let's say, six months to a year when you can tell us how you're taking over the branding world of for sure. Well, thanks for having me. Let's do it. All right. Kelly Brown, Marijuana Infographics. Check her out. She really is awesome at what she does. And as you can hear, just the sweetest person to uh, to do business with. When you called and you had a problem and that sweet voice answered the phone, you would be thrilled that it was Kelly from Marijuana Infographics. All right. So now moving on from Kelly, we've got Max from emblem cannabis one of the companies you've seen a lot about in the news they were a recent IPO they are a Canadian ticker Uh, you see them, I believe on the Canadian exchange at EMC when on the OTC they are E M M B F no waiting we are going right to him let's go now to max david of emblem cannabis how are you tonight max
5: I'm doing well. How are you?
3: I'm doing very well, man. Appreciate you taking some time to come on Pop Stock Radio.
5: My pleasure.
3: Awesome, Max. Always like to start with tell us something about you that we wouldn't know from just following you on LinkedIn or looking at your uh know biography that we could find online could be something like sport you played hobby you have interesting thing you did or happened to you when you were a kid just to break the ice tell us something unique about you that we wouldn't know from finding you online
5: Uh, unique about me well I guess yeah I am a pretty big sports fan and uh, uh, as well uh, super passionate about uh, cannabis and, and the cannabis industry um, but that you might uh, have gathered uh, already um and uh yeah and uh, not not too many uh, uh crazy things just uh you know uh, um, uh, working hard and and have a young family and uh and excited to be uh in this industry for sure well,
3: by the way, Max, I love that you're like, "Ah, nothing really crazy. Um, you went from being, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, a lawyer to getting involved in the cannabis industry. So right there, that had to be something. Explain to me how that happened and why.
5: Sure. so um, I you know I, I, I was a practicing lawyer, and I've always been entrepreneurial at heart. Uh, And even as a lawyer, you know, one of the first things I did after articling and and working for a bit was uh, starting my own law firm. Um, And uh, the law firm was uh, and is doing well. And uh, at the time, um, I had a pretty robust uh, real estate practice that included uh, development and residential transactions and, and that kind of thing. And uh, when I heard that the uh, uh, laws were going to change and commercial production was going to be a a viable thing for for medical marijuana, um, it was one of those uh, aha moments, right, where uh, I I knew it was an opportunity that I could really uh, sink my teeth into. Um, And and through my law practice, I was able to uh, make a lot of good connections and and obviously build a lot of trust and, and credibility um, in, in my dealings with, with the public, uh, and with people generally. Right. So, um, you know, right off the bat, I had a really good rapport with the regulators, um, and, and my business partners and, uh, that really helped.
3: Makes sense. And now I'm sure that wasn't the first time cannabis entered your life. How did you become, (laughs) you know, involved with the plant or when did it become a love for you?
5: I should say. Uh sure so you know uh growing up um you know something that was uh that was around and uh, uh as as uh, a young guy uh, uh trying to make uh, trying to make some money uh in university and 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 trying to have a good time um you know cannabis was was something that um I I could uh, enjoy and and use um instead of uh drinking alcohol um, and, uh, you know, something that, uh, I, I could get involved uh, with, with, uh, w- with, a small community and, uh, um, you know, and, and, and it could, uh, and it helped me out, you know, I, c- I couldn't do anything really, uh, serious with, with cannabis at the time. It was highly illegal. There didn't even have grow your own, uh, regulations. So, you know, I, I obviously chose, uh, uh, maybe a path, uh, uh, less traveled, but one that's focused uh, on on my education and on school, um, and, uh, and 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 uh, just waiting until the right opportunity came about again.
3: And you know what, Max? I like something you said because we had last show we had former flyer uh, Riley Cote on, and Riley talked about uh, pot getting a bad name as an Entry drug as a gateway drug, and he really looked at it more as an exit drug, and that's kind of what you're saying. Like you looked at cannabis as something that you could use to allow you to relax a little bit while you were studying and going to school without having to drown yourself in alcohol.
5: So I think that's an important it. part <laughs> of
3: cannabis that a lot of people miss. It's not an, a, a, a gateway drug unless you just are looking for something on the way to the next gateway. You agree with that?
5: For sure, you know, everybody's different and and everybody metabolizes uh everything differently, right? From food to to medicine uh to to anything in life. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, uh you got to do what works for you uh, as long as you're still uh you don't hurt other people and and you're a productive uh person and and you know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that.
3: And now did you have anybody in your life for after getting involved in cannabis, anyone that you saw cannabis really affect positive change, either someone that was sick that was able to use cannabis or tell us your best story, I guess, of the benefits of cannabis in the
5: eyes of Max. Sure. So, um, there's a, uh, a fa- slow, uh, shortly after I got involved with, uh, Uh, with Emblem. And and, uh, as we started producing, uh, I met uh, a family that had a a child with with cerebral palsy uh, and as a result uh, was uh, getting a lot of those grand mal seizures. um, And I was able to meet the family and and meet the the child. and, And it was really amazing to see how uh, cannabis would relieve uh, the symptoms and, and stop his seizures. And the family had tried everything else, and, and it was much more expensive uh, and way less ineffective. And, you know, um, just seeing seeing the struggle that the family has to go through on a daily basis uh, to treat the child, but then also to be able to get a steady supply of the medicine he needs was uh, was uh, definitely uh, uh, a moment where you, uh, uh, you you really realize how amazing uh, cannabis can be and how it can help people.
3: Yeah, man, I can't agree with you more that that's got to be the most powerful part of cannabis to this point, to be able to watch a family, and everyone has families. We all have either kids or know people who have kids in our family, and when you can see someone who has a child that's affected by something like seizures, where they can't do anything, they just have to watch their child shake uncontrollably and not know whether they're going to wake up or how they're going to come out of it, and to be able to see a plant change that and then not only see it change the kid to where they can have a normal life and go from having thousands of seizures a day to a couple in a month but you also see it change the parents to where they get their child back and that combination of man there's nothing that's i don't know how anyone could see that happen and still fight the medical benefit of the plan
5: yeah and you know the parents were not people that were experienced with cannabis um you know they had never done it uh and 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 had the same sort of uh, feelings and biases and and uh, stigmas uh, around it but once you know they I mean they ran out of options and as soon as they they tried it for their child and saw uh saw what it did uh, they even started to use it a bit to help them uh you know through uh th- through whatever ailments they they were having
3: yeah, once you give it to your kids to help them, then if you have an ailment, of course, you've got to go, well, look, I guess i got to try this myself, too. I would think yeah. <laughs> any
2: any parent would do that.
3: So that is awesome. So now, Max, you are the visionary. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're the visionary. You're the one <laughs> that had at least the, the brain idea of Emblem. Tell me how that that, that vision started and what you did to get to the point of vision to actually raising capital to uh, take the company to a public company?
5: Sure. So, I mean, it it's, it has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. You know, I, I thought law school was tough, and and writing our, our bar mission courses were tough, and and having a law firm was tough, and practicing law was tough, and I guess uh, I guess I'm a sucker for punishment. Um, Just all got you ready uh, for this.
2: So, wrong? Yeah.
5: So you know the the first uh, sort of um, foray into it was uh, that uh, a friend of mine at the time introduced me to someone that was going to be applying for uh, a commercial license. The laws were were not announced announced yet, but there was uh, some press releases uh, from from Health Canada and uh I was going to be the the first investor in into this startup and uh and i just uh you know when when it came time to sign the deal um it, it was one of those uh you know where where sometimes the best deals you make are the ones you don't <laughs> so we had uh you know we we didn't see eye to eye eye to eye and a lot of promises weren't uh uh, weren't fulfilled. And, and so, you know, our relationship came to an end at that point And, uh, and I was disappointed because I really, uh, obviously believed in, in cannabis and, and believed in, uh, the future industry. Um, so that set me on a path to, to find, uh, to, to, to do my own license and, and to find partners, um, that could help me and I was lucky enough to find uh, a couple of uh, senior gentlemen who, who have had uh, a lot of experience uh, uh, with public and private companies and and were in the healthcare uh, space already and, and had a specialty pharmacy. Um, so, you know, I, I thought, you know, I, I know cannabis and uh, and, and they know healthcare and and uh, and 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 finances and, and raising money and, and all that stuff. And I obviously knew the laws so that helped with uh, navigating through through the regulations. And uh, uh, and and we partnered up. Um, and we put we put together a license, uh, an application. And and we you know went through through all the steps. And every step uh, took just seemed like forever at the time. Of course. Uh, months and months of waiting and and uh you know, uh, the industry itself was just uh, beginning here as well, so uh, the regulators were uh, inundated and, and resources were scarce, uh, even on the on the uh, on the government side. So, um, so everything was tough, and, and nothing was moving as as quickly as you hoped that it would. But at the same time, you know, you're you're incurring lots of expenses. Um, so, so it, it was tough for a while, and and. You know, I think at the end of the day, we we really made the right decisions in in terms of the, the type of company we wanted to be, um, and the type of product that you know, we wanted to grow and and sell. And and I think um, sticking to that vision finally when when the industry opened up a little bit, you know, enough uh, people believed in what we were doing, and uh, and, and the rest is history, I guess.
3: And I know I'm not even going to ask you the hardest part of, you know, starting that and, and getting there because I know it's Health Canada and, and regulation is the hardest part of that. So I, I know the answer to that, but was there any part of that that was totally unexpected? And oh, wait, I got a follow up question to that but any part of the process that was not only overbearing but unexpected?
5: Sure. Well, you know, I, I think the definitely the capital expenditure, and that's not on a regulatory, but on, on a business side. Uh, I think that was a, a yeah. bit unexpected. You know, you, you have expectations that you can you can uh, do your capex at uh, you know whatever amount, and then you find out that it's <laughs> you know literally. Uh, Four or five times that, you know, that that definitely is probably something that that was a little bit unexpected. Um, sure. But I think you know that that always happens. <laughs> and uh, on the on the regulatory side, you know, I think there there was uh, almost like a, a freeze with respect to the licenses uh, at a certain time so yeah. there was even uh, uh you, you know there was a, a thought prevailing that health canada wasn't issuing any more licenses um so that obviously scared uh, the investment community into uh into investing in, into new licenses because there were some stories of uh, uh of licenses that got caught up in uh the licensing process and 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 weren't moving forward um, so that, that was a bit unexpected at, at that time because, you know, you just assume that you would be uh, moving through the process uh, in, a, in a timely fashion that's uh, conducive to, uh, to business, right? But unfortunately, um, you know, government's on their own schedule and, 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 like I said, have, you know, their own resources um, and it's not uh uh in sync with uh, with a with a business or a company that's trying to get a license pr- uh, a license production facility going and, and, really- right
3: and and now that you're through that process looking back in your rearview mirror do you hope that it gets easier for companies moving forward, or now that you're through it, do you believe that the process they put you through might weed out some of the companies that shouldn't get their license anyway?
5: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think they did ha- set a high standard um, for for companies yeah. and, and for licensing, uh, but I think that's it's good to have a high standard and you sure. know i definitely don't begrudge anybody that w- that wants to get a license you know i knowing how difficult it is um uh, to to actually pull off and and the time it takes um uh, y- you know it's 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 good good luck and good on them right um and and you know we welcome uh, competition and and we welcome uh, you know, new players in the industry. So, um, yeah, like I, I don't, you know, have any issues with uh, them issuing new licenses. But of course, you know, every uh, everybody should go through the same uh, rigor equally. Sure.
3: Exactly. You don't want it to get easier for everybody else, but you also no. want things to <laughs> no. be right.
5: Yeah, you got it. So, I, I mean, that. you know, I don't want them to, to to lower the standards, which would, you know, which, which would allow more people to enter the market. No, I, you know, that, that okay. wouldn't be right. Um, and I, I don't think they could, you know, so.
3: And now in the United States, we've seen a huge push over the past 24 months for CBD products compared to THC. Is that huge? In Canada as well, or is that really something that's more uh, big in the United States because it's not legal everywhere? But CBD products are more accessible and marketable.
5: Sure. So, so I think when we talk about CBD products, we have to yeah. distinguish what type of CBD products. Obviously, so I know in the sure. states there's there they have a lot of products that's CBD derived from hemp, which has less than a percent yep. of THC in it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, although I know that recently the uh, the DEA, the I believe it was, the uh, actually rescheduled That's CBD now into the same category. So no, I mean you know we 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 CBD is popular here, but our CBD is caught under the same regulations as THC would be, uh, and it always has been. Um, and, you know, I, I think the jury's still out, obviously, on the research on how effective CBD is uh, on its own or if it's hemp-derived or if it's derived from a plant that has some THC, right? So um, I, I, can't, I can't speak to, um, to how effective the products are uh, that are CBD-only, for example um i know from the patients uh group that i spoke about uh earlier uh you know they swore by a, a high cbd and some thc you know not not uh, uh not a lot but at least uh a, a little bit of thc because that was the most effective for their child
2: so I guess the uh cbd in your area are mostly cannabis products? Yeah, not much
3: hemp-derived coming out of Canada. It's
5: all cannabis-derived. So, yeah the, so uh, yeah, the hemp here uh, is is, is under industrial is hemp, hemp regulations. And cannabis, uh, CBD, and THC, and all that is under the uh, medical marijuana regulations. So yeah. there are a lot of CBD products from licensed producers. Like, there's high CBD strains. Um, there's also CBD oils that are available as well.
3: All right. So now, Max, I want to get into a little bit. We are PotStock Radio. So I have some questions that investors or me as a possible or a current investor will want to know the answer to. And it starts with just in general, what is the message that Max would want to get out to uh, the company's current or prospective stockholders?
5: Um, sure. So, uh, you know, I, I believe Emblem is is one of the most, if not the most, vertically, vertically integrated companies in the cannabis uh, market. Uh, we have the three operating segments uh, that include mar- marijuana production and sales, uh, already well-established and, and rapidly growing healthcare clinic called GrowWise Health, uh, and we're developing our pharmaceutical division, uh, which at the moment means developing medically appropriate and controlled uh, dosage form of uh, cannabis products uh, with with different cannabinoid formulations. Um, and we're really focused on being a strong, high-quality brand with exceptional customer service and an amazing team that can passionately execute our vision of, of being uh, the best in the industry. And, you know, I I think even the short time that we have been uh, selling our our product, I think we're already quickly earning uh, the reputation of of being one of the top quality producers.
3: I will tell you this, I, I more look at a chart and I go, they came out at IPO, the, the chart looks like it's making the right moves since IPO. That's all I'll say. By the way, people who are listening, PotStock Radio is not trying to get you to buy or sell any securities. We're just giving our information, our opinions, uh, and help you to make a decision while you're doing your due diligence. So we are not trying to get you to buy or sell any specific security or try to get you to do anything that's illegal in the state you live in. So what I look at when I see the chart is that it made a move up with a little bit of a move down, but then it built from there, created some support, and has now dipped below its support and then gone back up above it. So I'm seeing some support that tells me I like the look of your chart in the beginning. Uh, So that's – but that's just the chart. So really what investors mostly care about are share structure. So tell us – uh, currently, how many shares are authorized? How many shares have been issued? And then, if you can, how many shares are still held by uh, management in the company?
5: Sure. So we have uh, 70 million uh, shares that are issued, um, and on on a fully diluted basis uh, with uh, with warrants and options, 100 and uh, almost 120 uh, shares that will be issued. Um, and management, <clears throat> altogether fully diluted basis, will uh, will still own uh, at least 15% of the stock. Uh, and they've invested okay. – uh, hello? No,
3: no, that's good. I heard 15%. Yeah, I said, and, okay, and, that means yeah, that and, and, you guys are yeah, invested.
5: And Oh, yeah, and we've personally invested $6 million to start the business. Wow.
3: Now of the share, can you say of the shares that are held, how many are restricted compared to, if any I guess everything's still restricted, correct?
5: Yeah, yeah, pretty much everything is restricted. Um, we, we have uh, uh, the TSX regulatory uh, compliance uh, restrict, restrictions, and um, pretty much everything is, is restricted at the moment.
3: All right, so your number of shares doesn't sound like a crazy number of shares, but everyone's question always with share structure, as much as you can answer this, why should current or possible future investors not be concerned about the share structure changing too much in the future? What about the company will allow you to not have to dilute the stock too much?
5: Sure, so a strong balance, you know, investors should look at a strong balance sheet. Um, and, and we have a strong balance sheet, um, and they should be looking at the shareholder value. You know, the, the companies uh, uh, should be valued uh, on revenue and, and abilities to, to generate revenue, um, and I think that's, that's what the shareholder, shareholders should be looking at. Um, you know, it's, it, this is a, a long-term play uh, for management um, and, and for, for everyone involved. We, we really see the growth potential, um, and, uh, and 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 uh, that's that's where where, where we're, we are at with it.
3: And now is the and this is a general industry question, although also you know related to emblem. Can the Canadian market and Canadian producers in any way profit or take advantage in U.S. markets and vice versa, or are you pretty much restricted to only being able to make money through shares being sold on the OTC? Is there a way for Canadian companies to profit in the United States and vice versa? Uh,
5: I think that's a great question, and to be uh, candid, it is something that we're we're looking at. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's 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 pretty tricky, <laughs> uh, and it's complicated. Yeah. So you know, it, it most likely uh, would be a wait and see approach uh, at this point. Uh, given that there's also a new administration, um, that, uh, may, may or can act impulsively. Uh, but you yeah. know, we'd be remiss to not, to not, uh, to not speak to, um, you know, producers and and people in the industry in the United States and, and to have relationships with, with, uh, with reputable ones. And, uh, Um, you know, and and, and see where where it can go. But, uh, you know, I think Canadian companies should be uh, very keen on on the U.S. and uh, if there's an opportunity uh, that lends itself that's uh, legal and and on the federal level, then then, uh, I think you'll see more of that.
3: All right, and tell us about your facility. What is uh, Emblem's asset of real estate? Do you own the facility that you grow in? And how is that financed
5: as a real estate guy? Uh, of course. Got.
3: <laughs>
5: sure, sure. So we, we do own the facility. We have about four acres of total land. Uh, we are uh, also looking for some additional lands to to do uh, further expansion of growth space. But even on our current land, we can uh, significantly significantly. Um, add another 100,000 square feet um, of production space. Um, So um, back to um, uh, right now we have built out uh, almost six or seven flowering rooms. Uh, We have uh, other rooms for fulfillment and and, uh, vegetation. We also have an extraction facility that we're uh, currently uh, extracting oils uh, through a CO two extraction process, um, and uh, uh, and yeah, so we have uh, enough room to grow uh, the land. We do have some uh, some debt on on the land secured by the by the four acres and and the buildings.
3: And that's okay. So not individual yeah. debt overall. Yeah. Uh, how is your position with debt? How is the company positioned as far as what they owe out there? Oh
5: um well <laughs> yeah no i mean that you know we're 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 extremely good at at the moment for sure we have uh, just, just a little bit of debt yeah
3: Excellent. And you Canadian companies, like the companies in the United States, I got to go, well, how much debt do you have? Because I don't really see you guys producing money anytime soon. Where you Canadian companies mm-hmm. like Emblem, it's like, no, you're already producing, you're already grow. you're already bringing the revenue in. That's not going to swallow yep. you up, or at least I don't fear it the way I do U.S. companies. They can't even touch the plant.
5: Yeah and and we also have a pretty buoyant uh wholesale market right now between licensed producers so it's it's been a, it's been qu- quite a strong uh uh market and and the demand's been pretty high uh so we uh, as soon as we had the ability to sell you know we we started uh taking in revenue um and I'd say you know for for starting out pretty uh, pretty significant revenue not insignificant revenue. So, you know, um, we still have a a long way to go and, and a lot more to do. Uh, but you know, so far so good.
3: And now do you help other companies going through what you went through and getting your license through health Canada is any part of your business plan to help other companies get through that process or are you just focused on emblem and growing your own brand?
5: Uh, at the moment, we're just focused uh, on, moment, on on ourselves Smart. we are looking at opportunities. you know if there are um, uh, other other companies that uh, either have facilities or or um, lands or or other opportunities um, in even other countries. so i mean we we look at that as well. Um, but right now, in terms of uh, in the Canadian uh, market, we're we're definitely focused on emblem.
3: And if you could uh accomplish something personally or as a company you know without talking about stock or stock price anything like that the the mission of the company is to be where in two to five years
5: uh to be an international player love it. you know uh, i I'd, I'd really uh, I could really see um emblem uh exporting uh not only our cannabis uh uh, products, but also our, our expertise in, in being able to grow really high-quality, commercial-skilled uh, cannabis.
3: And, and what do you believe might allow Emblem to set themselves aside? Because I think everybody wants to be the company that's, that's helping it become a worldwide product. What are, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your mind separates emblem from being the the company that might be able to get there not not to say you will not speculating anything but why might you be the company to be able to be the world leader and provider
5: um because i think we have the the right management group and 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 the right attitude uh i think you know we're 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 open and we're um and and you know we talk to to everyone um and we're out and actively you know seeking engagement um uh and and speaking to uh, our federal government about it as well so uh you know i'm sure there are a lot of the companies that uh, are also doing it and and there are um but i think you know it's going to come down to um uh to to be able to um, produce a, a high-quality product at uh, at a decent margin, um, and uh, and to be an example of uh, of, of having uh, exceptional products.
3: All that sounded good, but you hit the nail on the head with your
5: first answer. And in my
3: mind, money follows management. So the reason why you guys are going to succeed if you do is management. So give us a little bit of an idea uh, of the management team and why each person of the, of the most important parts of management is in that position.
5: Sure. So, sure. Uh, we, so we have, uh, we have Har- uh, Harvey Shapiro who built Dynacare Labs from, from the ground up um and they became the thir- third largest lab service in in North America so that was international it's being Canada and the United States um it sold for for a billion dollars uh and we have John Stewart who heads up our pharmaceutical uh vertical and, and John was the former president and CEO of Purdue Pharma Canada uh and Purdue Pharma USA uh and it is uh, one of the largest privately held pharmaceutical companies in the world um we we also have the boots on the ground some of our uh leaders uh, in in horticulture have uh have a lot of experience um in in Canada and the United States uh with setting up uh uh commercial uh cultivation facilities uh, <clears throat> licensed uh, of course um, so you know we we I think run the gambit of of having uh, a lot of senior people with experience and, uh, you know that trickles down all the way to to the horticultural uh, experts that uh, that are, are, are that would be definitely um, you, you know upper echelon uh, professionals in their field.
3: Max, that was a mouthful, but you really did kind of lay it out, and I love the way you did it. So. Man, I hope you do succeed, Max. I like you from the first time I talked to you. You seem like a, a very down-to-earth guy for being in the position that you're in. And it seems like you kind of started this just from a vision and went with it. And uh, we're about to have on uh, next a lady named Charlotte Green, who had giant balls to quit her job, Drop the mic on do remember the news and say, yeah, well, do to me, you got those giant balls too, Max, because... You know, to go from being an attorney, and to the point where not just an attorney, you said you started an attorney firm,
5: and then yeah, to give yeah. that up. To and we have about 15 lawyers now.
3: <laughs> man, and to get into something that's looked at as the redheaded stepchild, uh, to me, tells, that tells me you're the right person. So, And it sounds like you got the right team with you, so look forward to watching you do it, and invite <laughs> you back as you progress. Come back on PotStock Radio and tell us how you're doing it.
5: For sure. Well, it was a pleasure chatting with you, and I, and I appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk to you and, and your listeners. And, and I'd love to come back and, and do a follow up with you,
3: Max. Really nice to meet you, man. You have a good night. Thank you for taking the time to call into Popsock Radio.
5: Thanks, Max. Have you a good too. Night. Stay on All right, both.
3: Check them out. Oh man, I lost them. Stay on both. I think he was going to say coast or in both countries. Darn it, I hit hang up too early, Max. Sorry about that. So very cool dude, Max Zavitt from Emblem Cannabis. Check him out on the Canadian Exchange, TSXV, they're EMC. On the OTC, they are E-M-M-B-F. And uh, you can also check them out at emblemcannabis.com. And on Twitter, they are at emblem, E-M-B-L-E-M Cannabis. So uh, two people in a row that we're having on that are guts related. So we ended with a guy who started a company from a vision while being a successful attorney running an attorney firm. To now being in charge of a cannabis company. And next we're going to have a girl who said, I don't care what anybody says. I believe in me and my cause. I am blowing this whole thing up and don't care where it takes me. It's
0: Kenny's woman crush Wednesday. Oh, Kenny
3: got a little woman crush on Charlotte. We won't tell her. She ain't listening yet.
0: I think, oh, I just think. She is Ken- fine, though. She is, big. is. beautiful.
3: Not only beautiful, but like, could you get a cooler girlfriend? Than the girl who runs the cannabis club. That's looking at 54 years in prison. Well, that part might suck, but I'm just saying, like, who could be cooler than the girl who quit her job because she believed in cannabis? Yeah, yeah, she is awesome.
0: She is awesome. It made sense why she was on the news. It, you know what I mean? But, on TV?
3: Would you have ever done, let's say, like, Kenny, you're a producer, right? So, a music producer. So let's say
2: ABC gave you a job.
3: ABC, not better than that. Uh, Jay-Z gave you a job working on an album. But then in the middle of you working on the album, he had to tell you, look, Kenny, now you're either choosing your morals and what you believe in, or you're going to get to finish this project and you have to go against what you believe in. It's
0: either your career. Your or-
3: career or, or your, your, your morals. Yeah. I got to be honest with you.
0: Oh, I knows? Pretty tough. I'm most likely I'm I my career. Go, yeah.
3: Most people would, dude. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Because if you didn't, then I'd say, look, on your ride home, really question that. Because most people would go, yeah, yeah, I'd quit my job. But when they had the opportunity and they had to quit their job, no, they wouldn't. And no, neither would I. And I'm a guy who's a got... A good
0: paying job, too. Right.
3: I got some pretty good morals. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to knowing that my bills are going to be paid,
0: I will,
3: to a point, Put what I believe aside. Now, I won't do something that's wrong, but if someone believes that what I believe is wrong, I'm probably going to go, okay, just say I'm wrong, and I'll keep my job. Mm -hmm. But if it was my dream job, I would most likely stick with that job. So to get my dream job and go, damn, I don't care what anybody says. I believe in what I believe in. I don't think I'd be able to make that decision. So I respect someone who could. So, Nick, how about you? What would you do? You're in a position where you've got the dream job. It's what you always wanted, but you now have to go against your morals. What are you doing?
2: You know, it really all depends on uh, how important it was to me.
3: Because I will, I will say, you make some decisions that I don't don't always agree with, but you're probably one of the most loyal, uh, moral, do things because you believe they're right people that I know. So I would think that would be a tough call for you.
2: It really depends on, like I said, how important it was and what the matter
3: was. I mean, listen, what could be more important than your dream job? You get to be the head grower at a dispensary. But halfway through that job interview, you get asked the question that you either got to tell the truth about how you really feel or give the interviewer the answer that he wants to hear to most likely have you get that job. What do you do?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Listen. It's just, you know, it's hard to say yep. Being in that right. But I, I guarantee you this. The fact that she did it, you know? Yeah. But when... I wasn't the one who had to make that decision.
3: Yep. And, and and that's that's the part that sucks for me too, because I really like Charlotte and I really I, I wanted now that it's been a, a, a couple of years since she made that decision, I wish we could look back and go see that. She put her balls on the line. She did what no one thought she should do or would have department, done themselves,
2: the paid up. and here, right, here's how it
3: benefited. Here's how it paid off, and it's like when I watch the videos of Charlotte online, I see that she did this. She said, fuck it. I quit, and she left her job, and then she had all this good publicity, and then it seems like politics and law just tried to dissolve that to where – that's what I want to talk to her about. Like are you as happy with what you did in 2017 than you were proud of it in 2014? She should be, but I wouldn't be. She probably
0: lives with no regrets.
3: Dude, you know what she says her one regret is? If you watch Weedeket, I really believe this because this is how she is, and she came up with the answer so quickly that I really believed her. She says the only regret she has of that whole situation was that she wished she wore Spanx when she went on to TV that night. And coming from anybody else, I'd be like, that's just the bullshit that you say. Charlo, I really think that she looked at herself. She went, damn, I could have looked a little skinnier when I did what I know I should have done that I still believe was right. So the only regret to be, I wish I would have made myself look a little skinnier on TV, is the truth. Because everyone who looks at themselves on TV goes, shit, how could I have been a little skinnier? And he said she
2: still looks good regardless. Of
3: course she does. Look. It's just when you see yourself on camera that you're like, damn, I look fat. Yeah, the
0: camera adds a little, you know what I mean? It does.
2: It
3: adds 10 to you. In your mind, it adds 25. Don't worry, wow.
2: Charlotte. Kenny still loves you. Yeah.
3: Kenny, Kenny's like, look, when I make it big, there's... I got you. By yeah. the way, another question that I want the answer to when Charlotte calls in, because when she was on last time, she said, and I remember watching the video of Snoop. Uh, of, uh, Snoop. Is it on this number? Uh, hang on. Let me let her know. 909. All right. Let me just let Charlotte know what number to call into and what I loved, uh, and what I want to know if it happened was that Snoop, when Snoop found out what Charlo did, Snoop brought Charlo on his uh, online kind of video show that he does. I forget what it's called. He told Charlo that he would go to Alaska to do a wellness concert, and that's where I want to start the interview off with my girl, one of my favorite guests ever. You know her as the fuck it, I quit girl, but you shouldn't because she's so much more than that, and fuck it, I quit was just why you know her. It should not be the only thing you know about her. Welcome back to Potstock Radio. Charlo Green, how are you tonight, Charlo?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
3: Very good. Glad to have you back on Pop Sock Radio.
1: Glad to be back.
3: Well, I, here's where I want to start the interview. First, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on fuck it, I quit. Because like I was just saying, that's why we know you. But people who think that's all they should know about Charlotte Green just don't get it. So to me, what I really want to talk about tonight is what happened since you were able to get the uh, Ballot 2 passed in Alaska, it seemed like it should have been a positive thing, but it's turned into, in the news at least, something that has turned bad for Charlo Green. Just give us a little bit of an idea of where you're at now and what's going on in your world since you were last on PopStock Radio.
1: Well, right now I am producing and hosting The Weed Show, which is a live – what was that?
3: Oh, the Weed Show, one of our co-hosts is a fan and a listener. Kenny yeah. Kenny listens to the Weed
2: Show, so big fan.
1: Awesome. Very cool. Um, very so we stream that uh, Monday through Friday here in Los Angeles. So I've relocated out here, and we're just working to spread awareness and education about cannabis. In the meantime, I am out on bail awaiting my trial, um, where I'm facing a handful of felonies and misdemeanors for creating the Alaska Cannabis Club and for taking such a public stand. So there's the downside of what's happening, but I'm yeah. still pushing forward and doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing, which is telling stories, sharing stories, educating. And now. About
3: Do you believe that Alaska is really trying to um, affect any change with what they're doing with you, or are they really just using you as a face to tell people here's why not to get involved in cannabis? I know you have a lawsuit going on, so don't say anything that will get you in trouble or, or hurt your case, but where do you really see Alaska? Like, What are they trying to do, Charlo?
1: I think that's a great question. I wish I had the answer. I don't know what sending me away for up to 54 years would accomplish outside of costing Alaskans millions of dollars to house and feed me for potentially the rest of my life. Um, That wouldn't help anyone. In fact, it would be hurting all of the members of the Alaska Cannabis Club. I don't see a winner in what they're doing here. It's already been a waste of resources. And it's not fair to me. It's not fair to Alaskans. It's it's they're making a joke out of the justice system. This is not what it was created for. Are the
3: people of Alaska supporting what the state is doing or are they confused too?
1: I think maybe Half of them are confused. The other half actually support it. A lot of them in the cannabis industry actually support it. I have been um, criticized most for um, not sitting around and waiting for the state to take action to do anything. But if if I would have done that, then we wouldn't have legal weed in Alaska. So it's... It doesn't make sense to me. All of it is really unfortunate, especially when you consider the people at the core of it. It's, it's patients that waited for years, more than a decade, for the state to do something, create a way for them to get medicine. When we legalized medical marijuana in 1998, And that never happened, not up until I yeah. created until the Alaska Cannabis Club as a safe space, a community for the cannabis community. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm living through it. You guys, um, I'll keep you up to date on what's going on on the weed show, but court cases move really slowly. Um,
4: yeah,
1: yeah. They press charges. I think in September of 2015, it's 2017 now and we're still waiting trial. So, um, I'll keep you updated on that. But in the meantime, yeah. I'm just on doing my thing.
3: Yeah, we're thinking about you because this is just coming from me. I hear it in your voice. The last time we talked, it was like you were unstoppable and there was nothing that's getting in your way. But then when someone threatens literally your life, like now it's like, okay, I can have the, the biggest balls in the world and I do exactly what I want to do. But now, man, I hear it in your voice, the thought of the possibility of you losing, you know, your freedom is bullshit. And I just hope you can stay positive and, you know, work your way through it and just keep remembering why you did this. And fuck it, you quit, fuck everybody. You know, don't let anybody, you know, the stuff I hear, Charlotte, like, ah, she just quit her job. She doesn't care. Uh, People, young people need to have more respect for their, their jobs. And it's like, no. This is someone who put it all on the line for what she believes in, and now she might go to jail for the rest of her life for something that's been legal for people to consume in the state since the 70s, since before I was born. It makes me nuts. Yeah, I can't imagine you Reliving it,
1: reliving like, it, like every time I have to do one of these interviews, really, really sucks too. So if we all right, I don't want you to relive it. it. All right, let's get on the positive. Let's move on. See, once, the one thing I want to know
3: Absolutely. is the, the only last thing I want to know, and I gotta know this because I watched your Weezy kit, and it cracked me the hell up, and I, I believed that it came right off the top of your head. Is still the only thing you regret that day, not wearing Spanx. That's it. I love that when you said that right, just quick. I'm like that is absolutely what uh, what Charlotte actually thought when she thought about what she regretted. So, on to more positive stuff. Weedekit, anything cooler than you being on that show? Don't get me wrong. Last time, yeah, we had you on. You had just had you were on Snoop Show. You were on mm-hmm. High Times did an article. Since the last time you were on, anything cooler that's happened to you than Weedacut?
1: Yeah. The Weed Show. My own show. It's a lot cooler to me. That doesn't (laughs) count. That's your show. It does to me. I'm literally living my dream. I'm hosting my own talk show, and it's focused on weed. I've been able to travel the world. I've been to Ireland and all over Europe and Spain and Central America and all over the states. But Ultimately, I want to do exactly what I'm doing now, which is hosting my show. Out of all of that stuff, I've been to every event that you can imagine. This is what I enjoy doing most. This is where I feel I have my place, if that makes sense.
3: Absolutely. You're talking to someone who my identity is my show, so I totally get it. So what's the coolest thing you've been able to do as Charlo from The Weed Show?
1: I think the coolest thing that we were able to do was share the story of a boy in Colorado who needed medicine um, and his his mom wasn't able to find a way to get it to him. Um, So we shared that story and there was this incredible response. And not one, not two, but three companies pledged to, um, supply him with a lifetime of CBD medicine that was incredible that's something that we were able to do last summer so that is, is everything like in Alaska it goes back to helping people that's the whole yeah. point of building up this platform so that's, that's what I'm excited about sharing cannabis's story
3: love it and now, did Snoop ever come to Alaska to do a wellness concert?
1: <laughs> he did not. And you know what? Damn you, Snoop. I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him. Why would he? If he saw everything yeah. that they were doing to me, why would anyone go up there? I say that Snoop should come on my show instead. Since he made the promise to me, I'll go ahead and trade it out, and he can come and join me on my show, and we can (laughs) laugh and kiki, and I'll bring the weed, and he can bring his weed too, and we can just have the ultimate sesh, and people in Alaska can watch it through my show's live stream. I think that's that's the fair (laughs) trade-out. Up until this trial is cleared and done with, I don't think anyone should be supporting Alaska like that.
2: This is bullshit. Well, if you can't get Snoop on your show and you want to settle for Pot Stock Radio, let us know. We're down to come hang out. Yeah, on. we'll Anytime, be in Cali and we'll bring the weed, so you don't have to worry about that. What you should tell Snoop
3: is, look, you said you were gonna come to Canada for a concert. Instead, I came to California. I made the travel happen.
2: <laughs> so I
3: can't. And, and knowing Snoop, I can't see how he wouldn't want to hang out with. A young, cool, weed-smoking girl who also happens to look nice. So I have a feeling you can make that happen. And it seems like genuine. You and Snoop together, it was a genuine love that he had of what you did. So I can't imagine if you put that out there, he wouldn't be on your show in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah. I agree. You can expect that to happen. It's, it's as Dude. good as done now. We literally just right put then, that out to the universe and right, they'll manifest.
3: That's what I was going to say. We put it out there. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. Sh- Charlo, so what do you want to tell us about? What updates besides The Weed Show, which feel free to tell people where they can listen, how they should subscribe to follow you?
1: You can follow us on Instagram at It's The Weed Show. You can find us on Facebook, The Weed Show with Charlotte Gray, and on YouTube, The Weed Show with Charlotte Gray, or just go to The Weed Show. Oh. Um, so yeah. that'll take you to the home of everything that we have going on in the meantime you can follow me at Charlotte Green a lot of behind the scenes stuff what's happening with the show me, the case whenever there are updates but thanks for having me on
3: no problem, Charlo. Hey, check her out, com. Charlo Green. You might know her initially as the fuck it, I quit, girl. But like I said, .co. there's so much more to Charlo .co. than that. Dot CO. Oh, my the bad. Weed, I said dot com.
1: Theweedshow.co. Dot CO. Yes. All right. But thank you for Love having it. me. Charlo. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right.
3: Sounds all right. good. Sure. Charlo, keep all doing all right. what you do. Have a good night.
0: yeah
3: check her out charlo green the weedshow.co. very cool girl very cool story man i hope she can stay positive going through this because that just did not sound like the That's same That's a lot Char- of
0: time though It is I,
3: listen I, to be contemplating 54 months would be such a cloud 54 in my world
2: days right
3: that would suck 54 months, I don't know whether I would be able to think straight while I was contemplating that. 54 years, I'd be curled up in the fetal position with my thumb in my mouth, going, mm-hmm. damn it, I hope I can get around this. I hope they realize what they're going after is stupid. Hey, Man. Out here. Crazy. All right, so that was our show tonight. We started out with Kelly Brown of Marijuana Infographics. Then went to Max Zavitt of Emblem Cannabis and then finished up with Charlo Green, the biggest uh, bald person I have ever met in my life and hope the law and bullshit does not take away the uh, energy Charlo has and belief in her cause. Well, not bald like us. Ball Z. Yeah, ball Z, not bald. We're the best bald people in the industry. She's got the biggest balls in the industry. Two people, Max Abbott, who became a cannabis entrepreneur instead of an attorney, and Charlotte Green, who said, I believe in cannabis more than my job. I hope more people believe in what they believe in like those people do. Life will be good if you believe in your cause as much
0: as Max and Charlotte did. Learn about the great medicine of you know, marijuana. Of, of the plant
3: of the earth. So, Kenny, back to you. Did you come up with any dates? I now am uh, oh, yeah, I making, making my possible uh, cannabis adventure plans. Where should I be going and what should I be going to? Uh,
0: most recent one coming up is Cannabis Club uh, Cup, actually, in cannabis March, where, where in Las at? Vegas. Oh. You know I mean, if you want to oh. go out there, March 4th to 5th. You know I mean, if you're over 21, now it's recreational as, right. long as you got an ID. Fly out there, get a hotel room, and you're there.
3: Every industry has had their lot of vendors
0: in lot Vegas. Of
3: vendors. Now the cannabis industry can.
0: What better be place?
3: All right, yeah. I don't think there's a better place than Vegas, but I'd love to I mean, to
0: there's hear. also dope places like Washington, D.C., sure. April 22nd, you know, a National Cannabis Convention. That's, That's going to be the dope. East Coast. And you can just drive down to that. And yeah, now it's
3: a little quick drive. And in D.C., it's legal to grow. Like, it's going to be a cool, different group of people where mm-hmm. there's not dispensaries everywhere. There's just people who can legally well, grow. Well, it says
0: it's going to be vendors, so okay. who knows? It might be, you know, on-site dabbing. Interesting. That's hope.
3: Interesting.
2: Yeah, you be like donations and stuff like that.
3: Yeah. You be go- will you be going to that one? I doubt you're going to Vegas, but you're making it to D.C. The
0: Vegas one I'm actually planning. Really? But the D.C. is definitely a go. I'll definitely be there. But the Vegas one I'm trying to plan. Staying out there is no problem. It's just getting out there. Yeah.
3: So here's what I'll tell you, Kenny. Uh, hang in there and keep uh, your mind open with Potstock Radio. My goal is to eventually do
0: a show live there. from Cannabis Cup. That would be nuts. If they yep. bring it to the East Coast, we definitely got to be there. At the first East Coast event, we got to be there. would love to do it. We'd love to do it.
3: All right. So that was this month's Pot Stock Radio. We'll be back on March 6th. With a lineup that features, uh, we've got Tom Quigley, one of my favorite people from the Blue Network, CEO of GLUU, and we've also got Jeffrey Friedland. Check out his ticker, OWCP. That will be next month's Pot Stock Radio. What's up, Nick?
2: Don't forget to go to Facebook and give us a follow and a like at Pot Stock Radio MJ. Once again at Potstock Radio MJ. All right, we will be back next month
3: with another Potstock Radio. Until then, have a green month and see you in 30 days.
2: Potstock Radio. Fox, Radio. Bust radio, bust a radio. no way to go through life and that's how she wrote